Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Alan Delisle. I am the technical sales coordinator over here at Phil's Precision. Welcome to Delivering Perfect Parts Faster. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for this special edition one-hour episode where we have some very important people with us to discuss the year with no trade shows. And because of this, I encourage you to head over to perfectpartsfaster.com to check out premier presentations from some of the top OEMs in the metrology and laser marketing industries. Trade shows were canceled, but you can still see the technology. Here at Phyllis Precision, we're a manufacturing laboratory. We're breaking bottlenecks with industry-changing workholding, cutting-edge technology, and process improvements are helping the industry deliver perfect parts faster. We very much enjoy having you with us, so be sure to come back for future episodes as we continue our discussion with industry experts on delivering perfect parts faster. Thanks for checking us out again, and we hope that you enjoyed today's show. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're sitting down with some important members of the Phyllis Precision Tribe. I'd like to introduce you to Kenny Howieck of MSI Viking Gauge. Is one of our top distributors of standard product and for a number of complex fixture designs, as well as Scott Ferecchia, the president of Lincoln Tool. He's a customer of ours and using both inspection arsenal and laser arsenal in their product processes. And we're also sitting down with Eric Meehan. He's the president of WK Coleman Co. He's one of our manufacturer's representatives up in the upper northeast. And we're also sitting in with Kathy Phillips, who is the uh, main engine support system here at Phillips Precision and uh, the one that keeps everything rolling properly. And uh, we're here today to discuss business in a year where there are no trade shows. As crazy as that is, right? Like, what the hell? And uh, so, Kenny, thanks so much for being here with us. You want to talk to us a little bit about MSI Viking Gauge and tell us a little bit about what you do? Okay. So I am Kenny Howiak. I'm the regional sales director for MSI Viking Gauge, located in Duncan, South Carolina. Um, I'm over a small team down here, sales team, that um, provides solutions to our customers down here from everything from micrometers and calipers onto high-end systems. Um, we sell Zeiss CMMs. Uh, we sell hand tools and precision gauge from Mitatoy, MR, Starrett, Fowler. Basically, what I do is I... I help customers find solutions. Um, if they can't, if they don't know just to buy it off the internet, that's why they call me. They have a problem, and I help them come up with a solution, whether it's a gauge, part inspection, calibration, or something custom designed and built. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. And Scott, how you doing today? We're doing excellent. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Lincoln Tool? Tell us what you guys do. Uh, we're a Relatively large job shop, machine shop. Um, we pride ourselves in our ability to machine lights out. Uh, we have about a dozen pieces of capital equipment that run throughout the evening, um, completely unattended. Uh, we, lo- we owe a lot of that success to our metrology capabilities, being able to inspect not only during the day, but all the parts that we procured in the evenings. Um, makes for a busy morning, um, taking parts off the pellets, taking parts out of the bar feeders, making sure that we had a really good successful night. So our need for real quick on the spot 
measuring in metrology is, is critical to critical to our success. Um, yep. Gotcha. And um, we manufacture lights out um, through our multitasking machines. Most cases, we uh, feed uh, what we can. Uh, we have pick and place robots that can pick slug material, load it into the multitasking machines. The machines themselves have the capability to unload into a parts catcher. So between the robots, the bar feeders, the pallet pools, we have 48 live pallets that potentially run around the clock. Uh, not high volume, very high mix, a uh, little bit of everything from each customer. Our evenings are made up of um, mostly the long cycle times, long runs, stuff that we, we, we can't be bothered with during the day. We've got a We've got a busy schedule during the day. We probably, in the pallet pools, we run probably a family of six different pot numbers during the day. And then in the evening, we run all the long, lengthy cycle time. Gotcha. Tool, breakage, tool breakage detection is, is very critical, and uh, as well as the inspection. Cool. That's awesome. That's really great. Yep. Eric, how you doing? Good. Not bad. How are you? Beautiful day. Yeah, it is. Thanks a lot for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about having you guys, having you on for quite some time, and we finally had an opportunity to pull you in. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> a day off the road, finally, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself to everybody and uh, talk to the world about what you do? Okay. I'm Eric Meehan. I'm the president of uh, the WK Coleman Company. Uh, WK Coleman's been in business since 1963, so just a little over uh, 50, uh, 57 years we've been in business. I took over about uh, about five years ago. Um, we cover Northeast United States uh, for most of our lines, Washington, D.C., North. For smaller to mid-sized manufacturers that aren't really big enough to have a dedicated salesman to cover a territory forum. So I'll cover – so basically I'm a salesman that can't sell anything. I'll go out to an end user, uh, let's say like uh, Lincoln Tool uh, with Scott. I'll demo some inspection arsenal. Teach them how to use it, all the pros, um, how to use it, uh, how, all the features of it, how it works. And then when uh, uh, you know an end user like Lincoln Tool is ready to purchase Inspection Arsenal or any of my other lines that I rep, um, I can get them in touch with a distributor that they like to do business with. Gotcha. I like that. A salesman that can't sell anything. <laughs> a salesman that can't sell anything. Just Get it sold. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm a demo yeah, guy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're just yeah. a, the extension. Yeah, the extension of the distributor to the connection to the manufacturer. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if Kenny uh, was up at MSI, Viking Gate was up in my area. Um, for instance, I would go out on a demo for MSI Viking Gauge to Scott at Lincoln Tool, and I'll demo all the product for him. Mm -hmm. And then when Scott's ready to purchase, I'll either bring him the purchase order to MSI Viking Gauge. Or just connect it to them, have them talk, create a conversation, just be, be the link. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Cool, creating, yeah, creating the bloodline. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And there's yeah. no, there's no distributor that doesn't like somebody bringing them money, <laughs> bringing them the order. You know, you do all the work for them. It, it just, it really locks their relationship in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. How you doing today, Kathy? Doing just great. We have a long weekend on deck here, so. Kathy Phillips, I am the business manager and co-owner of Phillips Precision, and we are the creators of modular fixturing that supports the process for inspection and laser marking. That's right. That's what we do. 
Cool. So let's get right into this. So how has business for you guys been um, affected since COVID? And do you feel like we're coming out of the woods at all? Do you think things are going to get worse? How do you, what are you guys' gut feelings or, or experiences? You know, uh, my feelings is this COVID, people are just sick of it. People want to get back to work. People want to work. People want to make parts. And they want to make it faster, too. Um, mm. No pun intended there. Mm-hmm. But I'm busy. I'm booked three weeks out now. Where just if you go back three weeks, I, I was checking my phone to see if it was even working. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was on. Mm-hmm. It's on now, and it doesn't stop ringing. <laughs> <laughs> well, sounds good. Sounds good. How about you, Kenny? What are you feeling? So I, I think we're starting to come out of the woods with COVID. Um, I think that, you know, it really hurt us back in March and April. Um, but we're a strong service organization. MSI is a strong service organization. So through our services, such as calibration, part inspection, and the normal day-to-day hand tools, that kept us going. Um, obviously, capital equipment sales are down due to the economy and the unknown. Nobody really knows what's going on right now. Um, but the last couple months, we've noticed that, you know, people are back at work or they're trying to get back to work. They're trying to figure out what to do with kids and work and working at home. Um, and we're starting to see a lot of activity. I mean, the last couple of weeks for us has been very strong. I mean, to the point where you can't get your emails done in a day. And that's hard to say when you're not traveling, but you're just not able to keep up with the day's work. So um, to me, that's a positive sign. People are asking more about capital equipment. Um, I feel like more people are back to work and I feel like we're not too far from coming out of this, whether that's October, November, after the election or after the first of the year. I I don't think we're far from there, but I think we're going to slowly ramp up. Um, I mean, I hope it's a strong V and we just get out of this quickly. But um, I think there's a lot of unknowns with how how everyone's going to be safe through the covid and move forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever side you're on. What, What sectors do you find are busy right now? Yeah, so is I've I've been in metrology metrology sales since 2008, and kind of a key indicator for me was when everyone else is doing good, it seems like the bearing industry is kind of down, um, and when the bearing industry is hot, everyone else seems to be down. This isn't a proven theory. This is just something I see with my business, and I noticed. Bearing companies have been buying and doing services pretty strong for the last couple months. And now I kind of see everyone else starting to do more. Bearing's still there. So, uh, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, you know, aerospace is slower for us right now because planes aren't in the air, I'm guessing. Um, and people aren't traveling as much, but medical seems strong. Um, automotive starting to get back a little bit. Um, and I, I, I think just as people get back to work, we're going to see all the sectors come come on strong. Um, yeah, and medical makes sense, right, with COVID and yeah, right. all the other things that we have going on. And I think some of the custom fixture work we're doing for MSI is medical-related, or most of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Scott, what about you? Have you been affected by this stuff going on? Are you still cranking just as fast? Well, Did you see any lulls? Well, what we, we're six months into COVID right now. In another week or so, we'll be like middle of March to the middle of September, six months. Um, right out of the gate, day one, we put these policies in effect. No outside traffic, no salespeople in the building. Trying to keep our staff as 
calm and collected as possible. What we don't want to do is have to rewrite that those policies. Everybody seems comfortable with it. I don't want to all of a sudden be sneaking my friends through or sales guys through and then have somebody say, hey, what's up with this now? We agreed that we weren't going to bring salespeople in here. So I find that I have to do everything virtually. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that has its other challenges. You know, at, in the AS world, with the audits, all my audits this year have been virtual. Sounds real simple. This is great. I mean, this is a little challenging this morning, but in order to do it, you have to have a continuous stream of Wi-Fi throughout the facility with no hiccups. So as you walk through your facility, that building's um, 30,000 square feet, that Wi-Fi can't drop off. So you can't have a legitimate audit when, when the thing locks up, freezes up, slows down, stops. It just creates a nightmare. So that was, that was one of the problems, mm-hmm. not yeah. allowing anybody in the building. So now I have to do things after hours, after working a 10-hour day. So, so that's challenging. Mm-hmm. We talked about our indicators for, uh, for um, you know, who do we look at? Well, I look at the corrugated industry because everything goes in a box. And I have a friend of mine that runs Romano Container. And when I go there, I'm like a kid in a candy store because I get to see all my customers, you know, all the med device, all the defense, aerospace, they buy their boxes from, from that particular customer. And, you know, how do I know? Well, aerospace, you know, planes aren't flying. So the aerospace industry is slow, non-essential medical, non-essential elective surgeries, not busy. Uh, so that stuff's put on hold. So, you know, we're scurrying it around. we got a lot of bills to pay. So, you know, we hired some more sales reps. We're scurrying it around. Mm-hmm. It keeps you, it enables you, us to stay busy. But in the meantime, that comes with all new challenges. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, right. a check. it's interesting. We're still here. We're, I, I can't express, we have COVID meetings every week. We still talk about the same thing. I'm like, we are so lucky to be manufacturers and going to work every day. No temps, the core crew, I'm not hiring, I'm mm-hmm. not firing, yeah. we're not laying off. We're just here to work and we're staying safe. And, and until this mess is mm-hmm. over, and it probably won't be over till November, yeah. in my opinion. Right. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think you I could be on to something on that. And yeah. I, echo, I echo all of that, you know, having a team. Our team is not as large as yours, Scott, but... Um, you know, just making sure everyone's feeling comfortable being here at work. And we have the same team that we did um, yep. prior to COVID, which is amazing and haven't had to lay anybody off. So I think it, as a manufacturer, we're pretty thankful and um, lucky to, to to be in the manufacturing industry right now. Because so it's lucky. probably one of the only ones that is yep. relatively stable. Mm-hmm. Yep. We, um, the first day one, the first couple of days of, of COVID, which was our new world, we walked around, we handed most everybody a roll of caution tape. It says, here, take and tape off your area, make sure that you're safe, get out of your mm-hmm. car, get into your room. It looked like a crime scene in here, but you know something? Mm-hmm. It absolutely worked. These grown men would come in, get in into the, like little kids in a playpen. They'd get into their area, they'd stay there, they'd have their lunch there, their breaks there, they'd get in their <laughs> car and they'd go home. And I was like, that silly thing of tape was was probably the best thing we had ever done. One of them. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. See, simplicity breeds reliability, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. That's the way yep. it is. So you feel like your your level of work, your workload, is maybe a little bit lighter because you don't have your temps in really cranking out yeah. the extra. But we're enough. Off, we're off probably twenty to twenty five percent from last year. Last year, not to talk mm-hmm. politics, was a banner year. So 
yeah. it is what it is. We're thankful to still be here. Um, but we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're not traveling. We're not, you know, we're, we're running as lean as we possibly can. And, um, it is what it is. You know, we're going to have to take the good with the bad. That's how right. us job shops are, you know. Hopefully, right. this yeah. will be a V. You know, hopefully we'll go into the, We hit recessions at the end of every decade. This one's overdue. My opinion is that, that if mm-hmm. we can get into it as late as possible, get out of it as early as possible, let the V do its thing, let the stock market bounce back, and let's get back to work. You know, that's, that's my hope. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. So following along what you were saying, where you um, you were now having to do everything virtually, which is, you know, which is cool. It's, it's how we kind of try to do everything mm-hmm. regularly anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you what are you doing to discover any other new technologies, whether it be virtual technologies or ways to keep in touch with your customers, find new customers, get work done, get jobs done faster or keeping up with the stuff? While, again, it's a year with no trade shows. How are we? keeping tabs on any of the new up and coming stuff. Do you have anything, anything to, I got a quick answer. I don't want to hog it, but I got a quick answer. And I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm not a social media guy. I don't have a Facebook account, but I'm, I'm, I follow Instagram and I follow all the weapons and all the tools and I, Mm -hmm. that our industry uses and, and, and it's, and I follow it worldwide. You know, I look for the, for the latest and greatest, methods of holding things. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Mighty Bite and Pitbull. And, and and that's that's what we do. I wake up in the morning and it's like I get five good ideas before I roll out of bed. And, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, that that nothing will ever replace four days at IMTS and walking around. like It's just you come back so rejuvenated. It's so sad that that's not going to happen. But I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're business owners. I can't I can't run the risk of going to IMTS coming back. In 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 bringing or, ha- or catching that, I put it, I'd screw this whole place up. I couldn't do that. My wife and I are so mm-hmm. COVID safe. We you know we just, we kind of hang out. Yeah, we're both eating stuff set outside in the restaurant, but you know we, we can't do that mm-hmm. to these people. We we've gone this far. It's like we refuse to. Yeah, right, right. For you. What about you guys, Eric or or Kenny? Or how what are you guys doing to deliver any new you know any of the new technologies that? You know, we typically would have gone to a show like IMTS or any of the trade shows and delivered that to the industry to say, hey, this is some new technology coming out of the pipeline. Um, what are you guys doing to kind of overcome that challenge and be able to get, you know, that new technology out there? Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that that I find is, you know, when manufacturers are slower, they're looking for another way to make the same parts faster, cheaper or with less people. So me being on the road, it's it's maybe the same technology that we've always had, but now the end users are looking looking more, and they don't understand it. You know, mm-hmm. you can talk mm-hmm. to them, you can show them pictures, they don't understand it until they actually see it. Even like a, a Zoom meeting or any type of uh, FaceTime calls or you know any type of video conference, they help. Mm-hmm. But for an end user to actually hold it, touch it, and feel it, mm-hmm. which I know goes against everything that has been preached now. It, it's still a necessity. Once they see it, they understand it. They, they, they'll bring it out to their machine. They'll put it on their machine. They'll move it around. It's a full-scale test. And I'm, I'm finding that a lot of a lot of the companies that I'm calling on that do allow me, and a lot of people aren't allowing uh, vendors in, uh, salesmen and demo guys like myself uh, into the shops. So I'm not making as many calls throughout the day, but I'm still making calls. And what I find it is, it's it's either 
if they were subbing the jobs out, let's say they were they were having trying to make make some parts, or they were having a shop down the down the street make the shop, uh, the parts. How are we going to make those parts in house again? Mm-hmm. That that's their biggest biggest concern. They they have the they have the business. They're down. Let's say let's say that they're down thirty percent. If they bring all their outsourced projects back in house, they'll be they'll be whole again. They'll be at a hundred percent. But how do you do? The reason that they were subbing it out is they, they don't have the machinery. They don't have the workforce. How do you overcome those factors? Not having the machine time. Not having uh, uh, an educated worker that can that can multitask or it's it's the same across across every shop. It's the right. same hurdles, machine time, and somebody's got to keep that machine running. Right. So pro- focused on process improvements. Process improvements. And, and we've seen that in a, in um, prior downturns in the economy. I know Mighty Bite. If you talk to Dave Bishop, he's you know the pit bull clamp and all of his low profile uh, low profile machining clamps. Their business goes through the roof because it's an inexpensive way to improve processes and. A lot of times I'll get on the phone with him and say, how do you find business these days? Because it's a kind of a litmus test, really, yeah. for what's going on in the industry. And, um, and Mighty Bite will almost give you a false reading uh, for a litmus test. The first the first month during COVID, it was Mighty Bite's record month. Everybody was scrambling to make parts different, make them faster, make them. Uh, and one of the biggest parts were the ventilator manifolds. They could not make those fast enough. People were buying tombstones. People were buying tooling, work holding. Cost wasn't an issue. How fast can I get it to make to make those um, the manifolds, the ventilator manifolds? How fast can we get those parts? So once that wave stopped, it was maybe last month was actually Mighty Bites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When now we're feeling the effects. Yeah, yeah the, the ripple effect. Of scramble, scrambling to make make these parts in a different way. They figured it out now. It's like, oh, what's going on? When I was in conversation with somebody yesterday, um, a company called Secure a Lot, uh, they make vending machines. Mm-hmm. They're up 200% nonstop. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, salesmen right. aren't coming into their shops. They need to have all the inventory in one location. They can't make those vending machines right. fast enough right now. Right, yeah. What about, so I, I don't mean to cut you off, Eric, um, but I wanted from Kenny, do you have any new technologies or, or any new um, outside the box ways that you're going about delivering information or any new technology to your customers? Um, I find it easier to actually get in touch with customers right now, whether it's emails or calling them, they're there. Um, I don't have any new um, mousetrap ideas for getting new customers, but existing customers, it's a lot easier to get um, get them on the phone, get emails, get information back. So um, they're all improving processes. Um, and just kind of instead of, I feel like instead of um, making sales calls that should be a telephone call, we're actually doing a telephone call now. So I'm able to reach more customers, you know, just via calling them and getting answers as opposed to making senseless sales calls. There's a lot of people that just want you to come by to show you something when they could take a picture, they just don't want to. Mm-hmm. So I found like it's given me more time. And then, and then the office, if they need something, I get them something mm-hmm. right away. And I'm not working on, you know, driving on the road all day. And then in the evenings, coming back and answering a bunch of things that are sending emails out to ask questions. I'm at my computer. I send the information out right away before the next phone call. And I get an answer back right away. So, I mean, I feel like I'm more efficient doing it this way. 
I mean, I feel like my bosses, all of them would think, you know, well, wow, the CRM is mm-hmm. completely up to date right now. I mean, they love that, right? They don't love what's in the CRM and what we're forecasting, but they love that everything is completely up to date to this minute. So, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's forcing people to, who had maybe outdated habits or to kind of get on board. We're finding that with some of our, um, the folks we deal with too, for the product line where, you know, we've been out there marketing electronically and doing some really cool um, video marketing and Zoom meetings and things for quite a long time. More people are jumping on that bandwagon now, which is, you know, now I don't, we're not paying for travel to fly AJ out to uh, Ohio or wherever to meet with a big house account, you know, so now we're, and they're more willing to get online more, more because they're kind of forced to, because they, they can't, you know, open up the doors to, outside help. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it goes back to what I've said too. I feel like this whole situation is forcing us all to be like closer to the Jetsons than ever before. You know what I mean? You go back and watch the Jetsons and they're the, the little kids watching school on a computer, you know, over the, the, the big screen TV and, um, and, and like the mother, I remember seeing the mother doing her workout routine with a trainer right over the, the, the computer on the wall. It's the same thing. I mean, I just watched my kids do dance class via zoom over the last three months yeah. now. <laughs> um, we had a customer the other day that wanted um you know we're getting ready to install a machine and um they wanted our supplier to fly down and look at the cell where they're getting ready to put the machine and that turned into that would have been a flight staying a hotel everything and it turned into facetime the guy walked out there with his phone looked at the cell and they're able to do the same thing except they didn't have $1,200 in travel. Mm-hmm. So it was just, I mean, so maybe it'll all wash out in the end. The when the final budget, look, you know, you look at what right. we spent this year, it'll be more in the pocket in the travel budget and less maybe in sales, but maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a wash. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Right? It's just, it's all about being agile. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and as a job shop and a, a manufacturer with its own product line, our challenge is kind of twofold. As a job shop, we want to learn about new technologies, and that's a little bit of a challenge. And so we're looking at Instagram and all the emails that come through from MSI and other suppliers. And um, so keeping up with technology that way. And then on the product line side, we're in competition with everyone else for people's, um, you know, their eyes and their ears electronically. So we have to be really creative in how we present the product line so that people understand it right away and that we get attention in this big pool of social media marketing now. Um, So Mm -hmm. we we like to try to keep our toes up and over the line when it comes to that so that we can get the attention we need. And so far it's worked. I think we did well this year um, with the product line, you know, continue to get orders on a regular basis so yeah so we we have a really good group that works on a lot of that i mean obviously not as much the linkedin stuff but just the um the emails and the classes and 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 i mean that gets people to the to the um office um not as much right now but um it just it really makes it nice you interact with the customer they can then they come to your plant and they come to our office 
Um, they're not as guarded. They actually look around at technology. We have a lot of the technology that we sell in the lab, um, in the showroom. So um, it's just it's an easy way to get customers in there for something they want, whether it's surface finish or fixturing or whatever it is. They come to the office specifically for that, but then they see so much more. So, so it always um, breeds sales, just them coming there and looking at the different things. And it gets them out of their environment. I mean, I, I noticed too, if they're not at their plant, you can get so much more out of them and their time. They're not running around. Somebody's not stopping them. Um, you know, and I guess another silver, silver lining in all this is, you know, customers don't, I don't think they're just kicking tires as much. When we start a project, it's actually a live project that people are working on right now because they don't want somebody just to come see them to sell them something. They just, you know, they actually have a project and they need help with. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. With the social media thing, Kathy was talking about us coming up with ways to kind of stand out from the crowd a little bit more. And that's really, I think, something that needs to be talked about um, with this whole COVID thing. And everybody going more on social media, going more virtual, we're seeing a lot more companies that are kind of seeing the light to that, if you will. Mm-hmm. So budgets are beginning to grow that are competition budgets against, say, us, for example, when we're running ads on YouTube or ads on Google. There's a lot more companies now that are dropping literally north of $500,000 a month on ads. Now, how does a company that, you know, wants to hop on YouTube and advertise for themselves, compete with that. You know what I mean? It's almost becoming prime time, the, the same, if not more expensive than primetime TV. You know, yeah. we, we say, yeah, it's great because we have all the social media capability, but with this, this, the current things that are comfortable right now are being flooded with ways that are kind of beginning to grow out of our reach. So, you know, then we talk about being more agile and maybe coming up with the next type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be the next thing down the pipeline. Yep. We'll see how that plays out. I, you know, I'm a little concerned as we all are um, about the election and feeling things cool off. And we have maybe, uh, like Eric said, we haven't felt it quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, cross our fingers and make sure that we we keep things moving. <laughs> and so speaking of the election, are do you guys are you guys holding your breath on any decisions until the election in November, or do you? Do you kind of sense that in the industry at all or, you know, even with yourselves or with any colleagues or, or customers or anything? I mean, last the last couple of years, we were kicking around adding on to our building. Um, but I think this COVID thing has rattled the cage of commercial real estate. And uh, I looked, I'm looking around now and I'm seeing this whole work from home philosophy and the need for these big buildings and and. And I, I, I'm, re, I'm totally reconsidering that, figuring, well, we can definitely do a lot more with a lot less. You know, the robot pot loading is a big mm-hmm. part of our, is going to be a big part of our future. Uh, the more that I can, that I can manipulate parts without, and again, I can't do anything. This place is useless without the people, but I got to get more out of the facility and more out of the equipment and more out of the 700 and i believe it's 720 hours a month that we've got available to us to make pots and the only way i can do it is with robots um not to fill it up but whatever we can do to keep the machines running so that's gonna my focus will be more on that less on adding on to the building um and trying to you know trying to educate within trying to give the staff more ability to improve their skills um through online training you know, site, 
Zeiss has got a phenomenal, not to sound mm-hmm. like a Zeiss salesman, but they got a phenomenal online training course. It's like, you know, I sit down with these guys, you know, you review people and it's like, you know, how can I expect you to get better if I don't give you the tools? Well, you go on there and it's like, the sky's the limit. Same with Mastercam, you know? So we're going to continue more of that um, and try to encourage these young kids to learn more and then obviously pay them more and get more out of them. And and, and who the hell can't get intrigued about a robot? You got these $40,000 pick and place robots. It's like, Turn a twenty-eight-year-old kid with a little bit of smarts onto something like that, and he'll be—he can pick pots, pick pots up, put them in. Uh, nothing that says we can't do that with Inspection Arsenal, with your with your, your air vices, and it's, you know, take the, take the pot off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're working on some robotics. Yep. Yeah, wait till you see our presentation that we're putting together for this upcoming website. Um, there's going to be a uh, a clip in there for a proof of concept yeah. video that I did with Axis New England. Um, on a robotic uh, robotic application of moving six by six plates on and off the machine with a robotic with a cobot. That's yeah. who we bought our robot from. We, we I got yeah. over hundred grand invested in this robot right now, and then with COVID it w- hit the ground running. Then when COVID came in, those parts were non-essential, so the robot got rolled into the corner and we're doing day to day job shop stuff. But that's that's all pented up demand now. That part's coming back. I'd love to have you come down and see it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, totally. Yeah, that's that's where it's at, in my opinion. Yeah, let's yeah, set it absolutely. up in your inspection area and get some footage. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. We'll yeah. call that the the auto loader feature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. We love it. Um, go ahead. We, we gonna I say was going to ask Kenny if he his thoughts on the yeah, topic. Yeah, go for it. Kenny, you got you have any thoughts on on that? Are you are you waiting or holding your breath on anything or or know of? No, I mean, but I, I think that I think that uh, manufacturing is going to be tied to what happens in the election. I mean, you know, regardless of what my personal opinions are on it, as far as work related, you know, if it if it stays kind of how it is in the same administration, we're going to keep adding more more uh, manufacturing in the U.S. I just worry if it changes, if the administration changes, is it going to go more back to mm-hmm parts being farmed out elsewhere. And then that's all I'll kind of say about that. So, I mean, that's just how I kind of think that, you know, with the current administration, we, it seems like we've added more business and we brought more stuff to our territories and that I've seen that. Um, and I don't know how, how quickly that'll change, but I know that, you know, some of the companies we call on are, you know, worldwide corporations, you know, and they think a lot about what's going to happen to their taxes and what's going to happen in those areas. So, um, I think it will affect us, and I think at some point um, that does scare people. And then, but I think COVID has it more scared than anything right now. You know, I mean, people just aren't going to spend a ton of money until they know that this is going back to normal, mm-hmm. and you know, in certain mm-hmm. sectors. Well, as far as COVID goes, I'm seeing a lot of data come out on you know how hypersensitive the tests have been, oversensitive, and you know I'm not an expert by any means, but you know the CDC is retracting some of their information and so on. So I think in a few months from now, you know hindsight will be 2020 um, as far as that goes, and I'm hoping faster than uh, normal. But again, it may it may wait. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, every election season doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, there are crises mm-hmm. that everyone has to try to decipher and and here we are so um, yeah we'll see it's only a, a number of weeks away and we'll know 
I think 2020 had more than its share of crises. Yes. <laughs> if you think of the timing of COVID, and, and especially with people that depended on China, and then, you know, they had the Chinese New Year around February, and then COVID was starting to act up, and then all the venture capitalists got really nervous, and they started pumping money into the startups. A lot of startups that were there, you know, prior to this are not there anymore because it was like the perfect storm. You know, mm-hmm. Chinese New Year, venture capital money, COVID, and that was it. Yeah. And, and, and there's going to be this, you know, hence there's a lot of people out there that took a really bad beating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I still think um, manufacturing will rebound. It'll probably be one of the stronger industries that does rebound and probably faster mm-hmm. um, than certainly the hospitality industry or the, you know, the restaurants and, you know, those kinds of things. So um gonna, I'm just going to feel thankful that this is the industry we're in right now. It's it's mm-hmm. not an easy business to run, Scott. You can attest mm-hmm. to that, right? There's a lot of challenges as small business owners, especially with the overhead mm-hmm. that we have. But um, I feel like I feel like of any business we're in, uh, mm-hmm. the right one. Very yeah. fortunate. Mm-hmm. Proud and fortunate. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, so just going down the line here too, um, I know we talked about using like zoom and some virtual um communication methods and things like that um over here we're building a new our new website perfectpartsfaster.com to uh put some presentations of our oems and things like that to allow uh, the the ability for the world to see the technology that's coming down the pipelines from these oems like we discussed um are you seeing any companies or uh, that have any other type of creative ideas that they're doing in lieu of trade shows this year by chance or, or any, you know, doing any other creative things in, in lieu of being in person? Just one thing, and I'll, and, and I'll, I'll settle down. The uh, PTC, Parametric Technologies, they, they made it a point to go and acquire a lot of this new technology over the last few years. And they're a big one on these augmented reality headsets that in the service industry, let's face it, all our machines break down. Uh, not to bash, I got 16 Mazaks. Um, when I have an issue, uh, and I'm not quite there yet, but that's going to that's in my in my in my clear um, short term. So when there is a problem with one of my machines, I can go out, open up the cabinet, be talking to a tech in Kentucky, have him say, "Oh yeah, it looks like it's this, this, this. Let's get that part on order," because there's such a shortage of techs. We in the last year or so bought some houses. Trident's got a ton of vans. When I need service, Trident shows up. It's not a huge problem with them, but like I can see in your industry, uh, if I have a metrology issue, hey, I need a chance to, I need somebody to help me get through this. I've got a work holding situation that I would think that that augmented reality would be key to be able to walk into my inspection department and say, hey, Alan, hey, Steve, hey, Victor, this is my challenge. What do you guys think? Oh, I got just the thing for you. Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, the problem's been solved in less than five minutes on a $1,200 headset. And I really think that's the next thing because I can't get to your facility. You can't get to my facility. I'm not out at the trade shows, but I really think augmented reality is going to be a big thing for all of us. That's a big time savings that, that I can go out and troubleshoot a $2 million Palatech system. It's a $1,000 pot or whatever it is. The pot shows up. The tech shows up the next day. I'm back up and running in 20 minutes rather than have to pay the tech. Drive up, send them up from Connecticut, come in and say, oh, you need that pot. 
the augmented mm-hmm. reality, that, that headset will pay for itself in, in seconds. Not only in that industry, service industry, your industry, tooling industry. I need to talk to Eric about a tool. It's there we go. Here's my problem. There's a solution. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott, uh, that, that's a real good idea. What I've done it a couple times in the past is I would take my cell phone, take up whatever product I was demoing, I would just put it out in my garage, wow. uh, like on the bridge mm-hmm. court. Yeah. And just videotape, not just videotape, just have like a, a, a FaceTime with on my cell phone. I just be with my cell phone around, videotape what, what I'm trying to talk about. Once you actually see what we're trying to talk about live it, on on a real machine, it, it helps the, the end user realize what we're trying to talk about. But the virtual reality takes it to the next level. Oh, yeah. And it's there. It's there without a doubt. Right. Sounds like a lot like what I've been using with BombBomb. Mm-hmm. People call me up and ask a question about some sort of technical question. I can pick it up and give you a video and give you a rundown of the part right here in your face and send it off. And it, it, it immediately make the sale instead of having to go yeah. back and forth, back and forth. I can answer technical questions, get into it's not all about sending emails just for sales or anything like that or just mm-hmm. to communicate and give me my smiling face. Mm-hmm. It really gives you the visual of being able to uh, to see what we're talking about. Yeah, I just read an article that's, that seems crazy futuristic, but um, this company's Yokogawa. I don't know if anyone's heard of them, but they're, they've been around since 1915, and they want, what's the term they use? So the fourth industrial revolution is for a- autonomous operations. Yes. And if you think about what that could entail, all of the manufacturing or, uh, companies in the country or the world, they want to run autonomously. And then all of the supply chain customers do the same thing. So if a manufacturer set up, sets up an autonomous operation, meaning pretty much no, no people involved. So the whole idea is to figure out how to run companies with very few people, low, low number of skilled labor, uh, people running those operations, and then spread that out. So it's, it's a skilled labor um, answer, and it's also uh, environmentally a better choice, according to this company, right? Um, but then the, the manufacturer of the steel would also run in that way, and the service companies would run in that way. And so all of these virtual um, services would play into that, and mostly robots and other things would take over the world, you know? <laughs> so it's 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 the Jetsons um, as far as manufacturing goes. I don't know how far into the future that is, but I think in some cases, some manufacturers are, you know, are creeping up to that line. Um, and so who knows what the what the future of manufacturing will bring. But again, we're in manufacturing. We can take part in that. It's a huge, it's a huge learning curve for those of us who are tactile people and, you know, mm-hmm. um, like to have, so I don't know, where does a trade show fit into that kind of environment? You know, these companies who, who want this technology also have learning sessions in person and, you know, there's a show going to be all us in hologram i don't know <laughs> it, it just sounded um i just read it last night and, and it just sounds so futuristic but i know it's i know it's the way um yeah, it's the pipeline yeah but 
it's not that far off. I mean, you have Scott talking about, you know, low, using a collaborative robot. Scott and Eric talking about collaborative robots to do in certain processes. I mean, you might not get everything in that, but I mean, it's the same thing we're doing in, in, in our service business and calibration. I mean, we're starting to use those robots to load, whether it's a CMM or whether it's um, a length machine. I mean, we're doing pins and plugs and threads and all different things throughout the night. I mean, the second and third shift is going to be a robot. Now, can we do everything that way? No, not right now. But I mean, you know, the only way to get there is to start. And I think the collaborative mm-hmm. robots are, you know, are huge for the industry right. and what we're going to be able to do right. and automate stuff. Um, one of the funny things I saw was a collaborative robot um, working for a burger place in California. And the, you know, and the, I can't remember the exact place, but the, the guy called it Flippy. So Flippy <laughs> loaded the burgers onto the grill, cooked them a certain amount of time, flipped them off and took them out. And the guys, they're, they're interviewing him. They're like, do you just not want people around anymore? And he's like, no, I still need people. But Flippy is going to show up to work on time. Flippy doesn't have to take his kids to school or do this. I still need people to bring burgers to Flippy. And I still need, you know, people to talk to people for orders and yada, yada. But mm-hmm. anyway, it's just interesting. I mean, I don't think there's any anything that's safe from being able to add a collaborative robot to mm-hmm. um, get to that virtual or however you describe that world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Our $42,000 universal robot from Axis where you would, you would work with, its only task is to pick up a piece of round stock with a round dovetail on it, two pounds, put it in my integrex, you know, got a door opener and door closer on it, two parts an hour, 48 parts a day, 336 parts a week. That is in a Palatech system now bugging up a lot of real expensive real estate that within in a couple of guys and all the labor, all the, all the interaction, so that yeah, I'm tying up. I'm losing. I'm losing the ability to manufacture parts of my integrex. But the ROI on that is huge because it just freed up a whole bunch mm-hmm. of spindles, and it's given me 24 hours, seven day a week output. Um, and the other thing I got to do, I just got to inspect the parts mm-hmm. and deburr them. And we try to deburr 90 percent of right. it in the machine. I mean, so just doing things right. smart. Absolutely. No, the the other the other thing that, that that our shop's doing during COVID is is it's forcing us to look beyond the tip of our nose. We know what we have on our plate; it's there. We try to schedule better. We try to be smarter about things, and we try to be proactive instead of reactive. Meaning, let's stage that job instead of just handing the job out. Let's stage it. Let's talk about that job a week before. It goes out on the floor. Let's get that machinist that's going to do that job. Let's get in the huddle with them. All right, I need uh, work holding. I'm going to st- I steal uh, Steve Phillips's pot furniture. We're going to need some pot furniture to hold that pot to inspect it. Hey, let's get that Zeiss program out of the way. Hey, let's call Inspection Arsenal and get a couple more grids because we need them. Let's put that in the tooling box. All the money that I saved from not paying that tool maker to machine those pots by printing them overnight, I can afford to... Mm-hmm. And, and this is the truth. I'm not just right. saying this. I can afford to spend the money on the inspection arsenal stuff and throw it in the tooling box because I'm way right. ahead of the game. So the next time that thing comes around, I take it out, I plug it in. I will admit it, it, it was an ex, it's 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 beautiful stuff. It's expensive, but when you can justify mm-hmm. it, it's like wait a minute, give me a whole bunch of those things. Let me put my fixture in on it, throw it in that tooling box, 
it's so expensive to have to go back and recreate it every time. It's, it's so inefficient. Yeah, the cost is relative. I mean, it's relative yep. to your ROI. So it doesn't matter. It is. If it's $100 or $10 million, if your ROI is right, you don't care. Yeah. It, yeah, and, it, and it's like the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same stupid thing over and over again. It's like, why do we keep doing this? Let's mm-hmm. stop doing that. Let's invest in it one time only. Put it in the tool inbox. You know, and that's the other thing. It forces you to go in, purge all mm-hmm. your stuff. It's not only staging a job at the beginning. It's like, well, when you close the job out, let's go through it. Hey, I don't need all this crap in there. Let's 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 be let's be yep, truly yep, lean it down you know? exactly. Yeah. Lean it down, be smart about it, do it once, don't keep doing it yep. over and over again. And we had this conversation recently, Scott, that um, it also works with the scatter plot and for your customers, right? So you don't want to mm-hmm. focus on those ones in the lower right quadrant when you when you start to plug them in the litmus test for your customers. The ones in that lower right quadrant are the ones that cost you a lot of money and a lot of heartache. And, you know, they mm-hmm. with a uh, less of a labor force and um you just able to kind of let them go away and go seek a <laughs> seek another co- a company to work with them um and then what you end up with you know our lead processes and the high quality high quality processes and high quality customers in the end so it's kind of like you know taking the time to clean your closet mm-hmm. yeah. yeah the mindset and this is the other challenge and, and i'm not you know i'm not trying to I understand the whole purpose of this podcast. I had a, a big OEM, big defense OEM here Monday night after hours, virtual tour, you know, through the shop, people from Tennessee and other groups. There was several of them involved in it. And they kept saying, you know, how many inspectors do you have? How many inspectors? And I'm like, I have really one and a half, but I have a bunch of automated sizes. Well, that's not what I asked. I'm like, I don't need a whole bunch of inspectors expensive inspectors the automated site are you hearing what i'm telling you i have a bunch of automated zices well who runs them the guys that are running the pots my palatech system those guys go there they take a pot they put it in they walk away they go about their business they go back several minutes later if it's all green no different than what your husband just did for me two minutes ago because i just got the report he put my pot in that in his zice which i need to have hit the button inspected it the results just came in about five minutes ago. That's all we're doing is collecting data. What you choose to do with it is is up to you. I get the data. Those pots, that pot's going in a box, going to Florida. I don't need a whole bunch of expensive suits and salaries. I just need the automation. And I couldn't get that through her head because she says, well, you need to have, you have an inspection bottleneck. I go, how do you know? You just met me. You've never been here. I don't have a bunch of inspectors, nor do I want them. Nor do I want a bunch of expensive ISO reps walking around here. I outsource my my ISO reps. I I, I have them. They come in. I give them twelve hundred bucks a day. They'll come in as often as I want. My my uh, yeah. consulting group. It's like that's what I want. I outsource right. that. I don't want to pay a guy a hundred grand a year to come in and, and say I'm the ISO rep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do the same thing. Yeah. Yep. waste of money yeah definitely it is a mindset thing for sure mm-hmm. and, and yeah and that's the main i think hurdle we overcome when we're trying to talk to new customers and new potential customers is that they see it they see that it's this new you know they just look at it as clamps and fixtures that's it it's oh, i'm buying clamps and fixtures well i already have clamps and fixtures well yeah but you don't have these clamps and fixtures 
you know, like, you know, and, and it's until they realize, yeah. you know, that they have a problem that they may not even necessarily see yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they're not yeah. interested. And then once they, they hear a podcast like this and then they start to realize, Oh, wait a minute. I have that issue too. Oh, wow. There's a solution out there for that. Oh, that they've been emailing me every day for the last six months. I guess I should look into this now. Yeah, back and back to circle back to the, the original question. You know, what are, what are manufacturers going to do? What are end users going to do that there is no more trade shows uh, this year? Mm-hmm. I assume trade shows are just going to come back. Hopefully, ESAC comes back. Um, but definitely 100% IMTS. Um, you know, the, the original question is what are you going to do without IMTS? I honestly don't think there's any way to replace IMTS. It's too mm-hmm. valuable, there's too much information there. You, you can go to IMTS and find a solution to a problem you didn't even know you had. Just because there's so much on display. And for me, that's not only it, but it's like another way. You go out and you start talking. It's a social club for me as well. You go out there. I might know 200 people. And, and everybody wants to talk. Everybody wants to talk. About, you know, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? What's your solution for this problem? It's just the, the best way to networking. There's no virtual reality there's no robot mm-hmm. that can replace that because mm-hmm. you don't know what you're looking you don't know what you're going to replace at mm-hmm. a show like mm-hmm. that yeah i have to agree mm-hmm. um so right. our distributors and reps bring customers in on a regular basis into our booth to get the latest you know to introduce them to it our product line um you know we get to talk to folks that we know and i think that's my favorite part is just seeing some of our power users of our product who stop into the booth and um, get to meet our distributors who i may not have met our reps and distributors in the western part of the country just because of logistics you know so Mm -hmm. they tend to um, congregate at imts so there are a lot of benefits to trade shows uh, first and foremost the technology but then the human factor yeah keeping your pulse on kind of the or your finger on the pulse of what's going on mm-hmm. in the industry is, you know, and within like kind of your tribe of the people that, that you do business with that maybe you don't get to see on a, on a regular basis. Right. It's kind of all under one roof versus trying to weed through a lot of emails. And a lot of those companies may not um, have you on their distribution list. They may not, you may not get something from that perfect technology that improves your process mm-hmm. and even learn about it. Whereas under that roof, you can wander around and see it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. completely agree. IMTS is like a car show. Yeah. Like you can watch Barrett Jackson and look at these fancy cars, mm-hmm. but you got to get there and you got to touch it and smell it and feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's what IMTS is. You know, you don't need to have it once a month. You need to have it once a year. And, it, and you come back from that thing so rejuvenated. And if you don't come back with, with, with 50 great ideas, then you're going to Yeah, right. Right. So do you guys see, do you think that? You know, with IMTS and so many other trade shows, I mean, I think we saw what, like, what do we see, 13,000 trade shows were affected this year or something like that. Um, Do you see the future of trade shows being in jeopardy? Do you think, do you see this reopening back up again and things kind of going back to normal? Or do you see maybe, maybe trade shows happening in a slightly different way? They have to structure them differently. You guys have any thoughts on that? I think that'll be a big change. I think smaller, smaller shows which have been dwindling for 10, 15 years now anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it's, they're not going to have small shows. It's going to be one big show, EMOs, IMTSs. Mm-hmm. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. it might get bigger. I agree. Every yeah. two years, there might be a bigger show. Right. Yeah, yeah no more hotel mm-hmm. ballroom shows. 
Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> it's a holiday Inn. No, I don't yeah. see that anymore. It's like a movie theater. You know, it's like, why would you go to the movie theater? You know, going to a concert, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, if you, but, you know, I think there is, there's going to be a need for, you know, same with like sporting events. But I think in our trade, where we have to physically get out there and see it and smell mm-hmm. it and feel it, you know, that, that, that may be, then I, I'm sure with that, it's going to come expense. It's going to get probably, that real estate's going to get yeah, real expensive. Yeah, most likely. You know. yeah, you could be right. Yeah. Well, yeah. we hope they come back. Yeah, me too. We get back to, back to normal and not a new normal. Yeah. Yep, I agree. I agree. I think we touched a little bit on, on, on it earlier, but, and maybe it's, maybe we've decided it's, it can't be completely, but do you think that we could see trade shows or some of the functions of trade shows be replaced by social media? Part of it. Part of it. Part of it can be replaced. Don't, don't, but what we talked about really? earlier, you know, if they have, if they have an issue, that issue can be replaced by a meeting, by a video, by social media. But when we talked about earlier, when they go to a show, they find a solution to a problem they didn't know that they had. Right. It opens up a lot. How can more. you replace? How do you replace that? How do you fix issues that customers don't know they have yet? Mm-hmm. Whether it's new right. technology yeah. or a different process. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. So IMTS is a series. It's like it's a, the, all the rows are a whole bunch of rabbit holes. Yeah. 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 Which one to go up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, so that's the way to to get people to dive into the new rabbit holes yeah. that they may have not seen and or known also, about before. Also, sure. like a, another downfall of IMTS, it's super expensive for everybody involved. Why does a hotel room have to be five hundred dollars a night in Chicago, where in here in Providence they're ninety three dollars a night? You know, everything mm-hmm. quadruples when IMTS comes to town. Money's not an issue, but it's like it is an issue. Just for me to go up, I might spend seven grand. Yeah. You know the airfare, the the uh, uh, the hotels. Yep. Just just getting there, getting in a taxi. Yeah. Going out, going out to dinner, having a fifty dollars cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> it is expensive. Yeah. You know, it is. Is there a better place to have IMTS where more? I mean, and that's the thing too. There's a lot of people that go to IMTS. Hundreds of thousands of people go to IMTS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say they have it in Arizona, where you know it's just or. Wherever, just the real estate itself is cheaper. That can handle that much people. Yeah. Las Vegas is it cheaper in Las Vegas? Yeah. It just doesn't have to be so expensive. Right. right. Yeah. That, that plays a big factor. Into it. I think we'd definitely be more apt to send more people from different locations and and more people to IMTS if it wasn't so expensive. I mean, there's definitely that, and I mean, we usually send a handful of people, but we'd probably send a dozen people if it was somewhere like a 200 $300 flight and a $100, $200 hotel room. But you're right when it's, I mean, $500 sounds cheap for a hotel room. I'm thinking it was like $800 last time we stayed, but maybe we stayed close. I don't know. But um, mm-hmm. 500 is average. Yeah. I know, um, Eric, you know, Abel and some of the other companies um, have pulled out of the East Tech and IMTS is probably not IMTS, but some of the other shows and then hyper-focused on their own clients and and use their sales force to bring in new people, uh, new customers to the their own open houses um, in lieu of a big trade show. Yeah, so like here's like for instance what Abel would do. They during East Tech, Abel's not that far away from East Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have their own open house, or Mazak does it too. They're, they're right, both of them right down the street. 
they would have an open house at the same time during ESTAC because people are already in the area for ESTAC. Right. They would send a shuttle bus to ESTAC, bring them to Mazak, bring them to Abel, serve them lobsters, serve them, you know, open bar, uh, steaks. It's still mm-hmm. cheaper for them to do that than participate in mm-hmm. ESTAC. Yeah. yeah. And ESTAC's not even an expensive show. It's not. Yeah. But right. it, yeah. it yeah, can but be for a big manufacturer like that where they right. have to wheel in these giant machines and yeah, yeah. and they're local. It, so it, you can tell how expensive that is. If the, the machine's already it. set up seven mm-hmm. minutes down the street. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We've done both. I mean, again, we go to East tech as a machine shop looking for new technologies as the uh, pro and we have our own booth for the product, but then we try to sneak over and I think we sent AJ over to set up at um, Abel's open house. We really yep. have to spread ourselves pretty thin when it comes yeah. to, uh, the trade show world right now, but I, I do still think they're very valuable, um, you know, coming at it from both directions. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's super valuable, but and it is, exp- it is expensive. And so maybe there are ways that we can, um, try to curb that in the future. And like we said, travel budgets are being shifted to other areas of, um, importance so that, you know, Whereas AJ took, you know, a handful of trips for us last year, this year we did not. And we were able to cover those meetings uh, electronically. So, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I thank you so much, guys, for coming on today. Uh, we're, I think we run out of time here, but I will uh, definitely be in touch. If you guys need anything from me, give me a shout anytime. I'm always here for you. And um, this, this is a great, great conversation. I think we've really kind of realized that social media can take over some of the, maybe the, the direct sales part of our jobs. But um, as far as enlightening the world to new technologies and uh, new rabbit holes, if you will, um, trade shows will never be replaced or be replaceable, um, as, you know, maybe not as they are right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll have some virtual reality trade shows or something like that coming up in the future. Augmented reality trade shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows what that individual, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah.